0: Hi, I'm Jessica Kupferman, co-founder of She Podcasts, podcaster, comedian, and writer, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J., Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now, here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams Amy J.
2: Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 185 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, before we get too far, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by our 2019 Fundathon supporters. Fundathon is our fundraising efforts to keep this show on the air till March 2020. To do that, we need to raise $13,000 and we're on our way. But we still need your help. If you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And Dream Chasers, two things I want to remind you of, whether it's for us or another charity or cause you want to support. One, it's not the size of the donation that matters. So if you can't donate a lot, think nothing of it. Know that I appreciate the $12 donations just as much as the other donations, because I know that's your lunch money. That's your money to go see a movie or go out. So regardless of how much money you can give, your donation is important, and I thank you for your generosity. And two, please don't wait for someone else to help out. You can't control the actions of others, only your own. We can't reach the goal without your help. Again, if you'd like to support us, please visit amyj21.com donate. And to all those who have donated so far, thank you. That's right. Thank you again, Bundathon supporters. We appreciate you guys. Today, I have a friend who is, it's been a long time coming She should have been on sooner, but we couldn't make the schedules work, but it's okay because she's here today. Jessica Kufferman is an internet and digital marketing pioneer who helps content creators grow and monetize a loyal, rabid fan base through understanding connection and the power of influence. She has worked on the branding and messaging for large corporations such as Comcast and Subaru, as well as with hundreds of bloggers, podcasters, and online entrepreneurs by teaching personality-driven social media and sales strategy. She's the co-host and co-founder of the She Podcast brand, which currently supports over 10,000 female podcasters and has a digital marketing reach of over 50,000 content creators. She started a podcast advertising agency, JK Media Agency, in 2015 and then sold it in 2017 to pursue her passion for helping independent podcasters create connection and step into their influence. Currently, she is the head of marketing for Rebel Based Media and loves helping their members prepare for success in podcasting. And she's a very busy lady, but thankfully, we were able to find some time. Guys, welcome Jessica Kupferman and our amazing conversation. It was so much fun. Here it is. Hey, Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. It's great to see you. You know, it's been a long time coming. We just have not been able to align the stars or the calendars, but here we are, Women's History Month, and no one better to kind of close out the month than the co-founder of She Podcast. I'm honored. Thank you for saying that. Well, I'm not know, sure
0: I live up to that, but I hope so.
2: Well, you know, it's not just about the fact that you've co-founded a woman's organization, right? It's also in what you do and what you have going on. But what interests me is that you started this podcast, this organization, In 2014, about, what is that, four years now? Five, yeah, almost five. What was the first, probably in the first month, how many members did you have? Oh, a hundred? A hundred. Maybe. In four years, grew from a hundred to over 11,000. In fact, as of this recording, it's 11,610. Hey-oh, that's awesome. And that wasn't through buying women, which, as I say that, I How much are they? Right, as I said, that guys, it just kind of came out. But you know what you
0: do?
2: (laughs) "Do People do that, guys. You shouldn't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that, guys. For sale. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. You didn't buy bots. You didn't buy memberships or anything like that. Authentic, organic growth for years. That's Mm. phenomenal. And what has the feedback Mm. been about creating this environment of? familiarity and comfort for podcasters who are women. Yes.
0: I mean, a lot of our members are very grateful for the group because they feel like they can be themselves without feeling worried that they've, that they're asking a stupid question that they have asked something that's been asked before people in our group do not get snarky. They don't um, diminish people for asking questions that have already been asked a billion zillion times. It's nice. So it's, it's, Elsie and I like to say it's a safe space and creating that safe space, I think has a lot to do with our, our own character. Mm-hmm. She and I have a lot of character traits that are similar is at the top of the list. So we don't allow people to sell. We don't allow people to be mean. We don't allow um, any kind of, I guess is the word unacceptance inacceptance. We make people accept. Intolerance. Intoler- yeah. Thank you. Um, so So yeah, they're just grateful to have a place where they can ask whatever they need to ask to get their show going. And that's really what we wanted. And it was created out of a need for that when we went to New Media Expo about five years ago and all the podcasters were men and they were all white and they were really intimidating and tall. You know, I'm like the shortest person I know. So like, it wasn't just, it was like Lewis Howes and John Lee Dumas and like, other than Pat Flynn, they all tower over me, so mm-hmm. it was even physically scary to be like, "How do I grow my show, guys?" Hi, I'm down here, the Lollipop Guild. Right. So, like, um, you know, when I got together with other podcasters that were there, Elsie, um, Maggie, oh gosh, I, I should remember her name. I'm sorry, um, Emily Chase Smith, and there were a couple others. It felt so much more relaxing. Like they all, they would. It was a feeling of I sympathize and empathize, not here's what you do, right. And that's what I felt was needed. So that's why we created it.
2: And it's been an environment of that. And it's interesting. Have you had men who want to join? Yes. How has that been received when you, because we, I don't, as far as I know, we don't have any in the, we, do not, there are we no don't, men. right? So how yeah. how does it feel when, when you push back on those asks?
0: They're disappointed, but we're very gracious. I mean, you know, the answer to why can't men be in the group is every other podcasting group out there has men. This is the only one that doesn't. It's going to stay the only one that doesn't. Like we don't, we don't need, I under, I mean, there are so many wonderful men, especially in podcasting. Sure. Most of the men I know are the most wonderful men I know, aside from the ones I'm related to. But I mean, truly they're the nicest, yeah. but if you let one in, you got to let them all in and they're not all the greatest people out. have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> are some that are bossy, condescending or or even if they're not they don't know that they're being that way. And so it it kind of it goes right back to like if there's a man in there will will just the presence of the male person intimidate one woman if that's the case we don't want it. And so we just say listen you can join any other group out there but you can't join ours even though we love you and thank you for being our fan. Our Patreon the Super Squad so we have now a $5 tier of our Patreon and we made a more exclusive um, group called the She Podcast Super Squad and that's co-ed. So that's, we've now finally figured out a way of dealing with that, but well, we didn't that's
2: have that's great. Right. So yeah, if guys, the they can support still
0: and exactly. do that. And you know,
2: yes. what I love is that you stay to the principle of what you're trying to do, which is an environment of inclusion and safety of sorts mm-hmm. for women to be able to have those questions because I think you're absolutely right. The moment you bring a guy into the group as well-intentioned as they are. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it in other groups. Sometimes it's just the tone of the message or the, the question they put out there that can put some people down or, you know, make them feel intimidated if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and also I just want to say it's,
0: we also allow non-binary people, right? persons in, and we also allow trans women in and, you know, uh, but there was actually a woman in our group who transitioned to a man and he left and I sort of felt like a little abandoned, but not cause he became a man, but because I really enjoyed their presence in the group and I really enjoyed. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, you know, she's not a woman anymore. Therefore she doesn't belong there. And, and he, he knew well enough, more than I, I did, but sure. I still, I'm a little sad about it. But, um, yeah, I don't want to be exclusive as far as who identifies as female. It's really yeah. just about that male. It's really all about if you identify as male in any way, and However there's no it is, male right. part involved in there, mm-hmm. sorry. If you identify as both, we're cool with it. You
2: want to identify, yeah. you know I mean? That's fine. But, the, but the, again, the point isn't that we're trying to be exclusive. It's just, you know, it's the perception that people need to have when we're talking about this. Because, you know, the fact that we have a month, a Women's History Month, to acknowledge and shout out all the awesome women out there, regardless of what their background is or what they're doing, because we're not as prominent in things, right? You have an interesting background that you've Mm -hmm. worked in the corporate world, Mm -hmm. you know, helping um, develop their voice, their sponsorships, and things like that, right? Yes. So was that environment a little bit different or similar to what you saw at New Media Expo in terms of women not feeling like they could stand up Um, it seems like looking back,
0: a lot of my corporate jobs or just jobs have been in male dominated fields. Mm. And as a youngster, meaning like 29 to 35, I, I sort of took it as, well, you're selling a car magazine. What do you expect? Or well, you're in the newspaper industry, what do you expect? Or, you know, I mean, I worked in the newspaper. I sold a car magazine. Then I worked for Subaru. It's all very male-dominated stuff, which is odd. Now that I'm thinking about it, That is so bizarre. But even in podcasting, I sort of take it for... I mean, it doesn't enrage me. Right. I mean, it does enrage others. You know, they get very upset. Like, why are there no women doing this and women doing that? And I, I don't... It's not that I'm unfazed it's that I'm not paying attention to men so I don't
2: care what they do. <laughs> well, you know, I would I would not want it to be that a woman goes into a field just to be the token woman either, yeah, right? No, right. I'm it, good at my
0: skills. Right. And who cares if there's women there? It's just it it you know it's in the past I think it's been the most annoying when I'm standing in a group of my peers and they're talking to each other a foot higher than me. Yes. Because I'm short, sure I don't get to be part of the conversation that I do resent. Yeah. Because I can't even interrupt without kicking someone in the belt.
2: Right. Without, because, with, without a physical <laughs> notation and nudge. You know, and then I would have to wear heels
0: just to feel like I was present in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I resented that. Um, you know, things like that. But, but I don't recall, you know, some of the clients in the past haven't treated with respect. But for the most part, I have not really noticed. In podcasting, I only notice because... I want to help women who aren't like me, who, who do care if there are men there who feel shy about their voice, who feel shy about asking questions. I am none of those things, but I don't really like mathy technical answers to things. I like conceptual answers and that's hard to get out of a man. It's like, well, if you want to grow your audience, what you really need to do is think of them as this. Like, that's what I wanted. Not, well, divide your show and then add a mixer. And no, I, I, you have lost, you've lost me. That's it. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: But and, and I, I completely understand that. And it's one of the things uh, sometimes people are more open and willing to be open in and around people they are comfortable with and who are similar to themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. That's very true. Yes. Yes.
2: You said something on um, that I heard before is I think on your website, too. Um, it was, I think I know like and trust is not really helping us. Mm-hmm. I think no relate and understand and respect is a better model.
0: I mean, liking someone is a pretty mild way of feeling about them. Like does not mean entranced by, it doesn't mean necessarily that you trust them, and nor should you Mm -hmm. trust someone that you like. I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody that we all liked that we shouldn't have. Maybe the Donald is a good example of that. For some folks. I mean, when he was on Celebrity Apprentice, I respected his business opinions. Mm -hmm. That was many years ago. Um, I don't know if trust was the right word, but I thought it was whatever. He's not important. The important thing is
2: I think that like shouldn't. If, you're,
0: if your goal is to get someone just to like and trust you, you're not reaching far enough and you're not saying enough. Mm-hmm. You're not saying enough to make someone trust you. That's why they need to understand where you're coming from. They need to understand about you. You need to reveal yourself. That's the only way people can truly become your loyal fans is if they feel like they know you. And because we're such a closed off society, that is very difficult. It looks easy, but it's not easy. Because if you look at some of the, just the social streams of people, in our even just in our own circles, like how much do we really reveal Mm -hmm. about ourselves? We can teach marketing, we can teach transparency, but we don't offer it. And I think that's critical.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think, the distinction you make with those that quote with saying, you know, I know like and trust isn't really the thing to do. I know relate and understand and respect is, mm-hmm. is a better model, I think, in general. Because to your point, society is different from what it was t- 20 years ago. Very true. 10 years ago. Five years ago. Five years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, Five years ago, right? Yeah. And I think the advent of social media has made a lot of us sensitive. And for anyone who's like, oh, "I'm offended by that." Maybe you're a little bit sensitive right now. Hello, gotcha, right? So, but <laughs> right. I I think when you go to understand respect, especially when you're, you you want to hear someone's story, cuz you also say, and I think this is from your website, you say to celebrate the things I've helped create and stay out of the way when the story's being told, don't need my two cents. That's mm, one thing that that's that, been quite a lesson. That that's one thing I love about you. And I've seen it in your social media postings and what you've done and how you've actually kind of transitioned from uh, having your own advertising agency to now trying to focus on the independent uh, podcaster and, and the articles you've done and conversations mm-hmm. you've held, whether it be in She Podcast or anywhere else, and how you raise issues that are important. But if it's not necessarily affecting you, you want to raise the issue and have those who are better equipped with it speak up. Right. So you don't shy from things. I yeah. Find. No, I don't shy from things. And and
0: I'm not sure if that quote is specifically referring to um, issues that arise around people of color. I'm not a person of color. <laughs> and so I and so what at first when I was seeing a lot of conversation about that, um, I would I would respond or comment. And I didn't realize that was necessarily white centering. I was just trying to participate in the conversation, not necessarily make it about me but because i'm white i made it about me not even because my comment not was intentionally right me related it wasn't but it just happens to be that way so um that was a lesson that i learned but i also think this is relevant in charity in you know you can't be an advocate for everything all the time like i understand that people want to have a better world a more yeah. inclusive world a more peaceful world yeah. i agree with that i concur with that but i'm not going to donate a hundred dollars to your charity about MS when I've already working with the American Cancer Society and addicts, et cetera. So like, you know, I, I, I love that people charity raise and fundraise and I do it too, but I do it for the things that mean something to me because of the people that, you know, my mother had cancer and my daughter was an addict. So, so I, I, I don't want to be an I don't want to be a champion for everything because it's exhausting.
2: Well, you can. That sounds selfish as hell. I'm sorry. No, no. But let's let's wow. Let's unpack that for a second because I think that's true. Because (laughs) if we put that pressure upon us, where every charity or if every um, solicitation I get in the mail about donating to uh, Mm -hmm. fundraisers for, and I it's it's going to sound harsh, guys, but it's like you know the animal fundraisers or yes. leukemia or you know hunger There's in so homelessness name name it it'll come africa but i can support and understand and agree with the cause and not be able to financially support it because we can walk and chew gum at the same time well and also
0: i mean isn't championing every cause just another form of being vague. Yeah. What do you stand for? Who are you? Why MS? Why homelessness? Mm -hmm. Why hunger? Just, there's so many people that even just like, I'm supporting this, you know, the Facebook has like a, Oh, the fundraiser. Like I'm supporting this because it's my birthday. Donate to it. Well, where's my incentive? Did someone die? Is someone hurt? Do you have MS? There's my incentive. And I don't mean to be crude, but just the fact that people need help for our society, for me, it's not enough because I already am helping the people that I want to help. Yeah, and I don't. I I, sound, I still I know I sound like a jerk. So don't write Amy and say Jessica's a jerk. I that, know, but I just think it's important to be who you are and stop trying to be. If you're an advocate, you don't have to be everyone's advocate.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And this is the point I want to make, guys, and that what we're trying to make without sounding selfish is <laughs> we, we can care about multiple causes. But we also are human and only have finite money and abilities because we have families to take care of. If we gave to everything, we're going to be the next cause we're going to ask you to donate to. Exactly. And and I just think no matter what
0: you choose to post, even if it's not about charity, even if it's about what you're making for dinner or your food habits, like if everything you post is about one subject, you're no longer three-dimensional or even two-dimensional, you have now just become a megaphone for your thing. Yeah. And that's not transparency.
2: Yeah. And I, I, think, I think it's an important thing for us to say because I think some people are like, if I get hit by everything, I can't do na- donate to anything. And I think that's just, right. just as True. bad. You know, own something. Like for Jess, it's Cancer Society. For me, mental health. You know, own mm. your cause and go forth you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Don't be guilted, I guess, into yeah. not doing what you feel is right is what or we just want to support say. support
0: the things that mean something there to you, you. Thank you. And, and don't feel pressure to do everything. Even if you are a person who champions causes, like just focus on the things that matter to you. And some of this is finding out and figuring out exactly who you are and exactly who you're not. And that's something else on social media that people play with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a dangerous thing, especially if they have a business versus their personal. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are t- teachers that create this persona of sweetness and niceness and quality and education. And then you meet them in person and they're Rude. not that smart or yeah. kind of racist or whatever. I mean, but... Yeah. but It doesn't come out on social, and I think that's, well, it's a shame, really, because it's kind of scary. So so, that's why no like and trust also does not work, because you can't trust what you see all the time.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's absolutely true, especially with social media. Like, how often do you see the negative or the ugly on social media? You filter it, you take 20 versions of it until you find the one that looks right, and then you post that. But I... Social media is a great thing. It's brought people I haven't talked to in a long time together. But it can also be very, very dangerous, you know, to oneself if you think that's the only thing these guys are going through.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be hard to, you know, but then there's the other, like, have you ever seen someone on social media that like every day talks about how depressed they are? That's also not really the best idea because people worry about you. In fact, I had a friend that didn't post. She was just telling me this the other day. She used to, she's used to posting jokes and funny stuff mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And then her husband was in a car accident and they were in the hospital mm-hmm. and like, then her kid got sick and she hadn't posted in like 10 days. And like one of her friends got worried that they hadn't heard from her. She wasn't responding to tech. Oh, I think her phone service stopped working or something happened. And so they called the police and made the police go over to her house. She's just like, I'm just not on Facebook. That's it. I'm fine. <laughs> It's not an emergency. I didn't say there was an emergency. She just stopped talking. Period. It doesn't mean people are dead, y'all. It just means yeah. they're taking a break without announcing it.
2: You know, the better. And that's okay. Yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. It but, is um, because you know, with way things are today, you don't have yeah. to announce. You don't have to announce taking breaks from social I hate media. When
0: people announce taking breaks because I feel like they think we're going to miss. You know, there's so many people online. We don't miss you. I like when you're there. I
2: won't know if you leave, really. Well, would yeah. you? I would assume that Facebook just didn't show your stuff to me. Honestly, exactly. Yeah. You don't realize it, so you don't have to announce it.
0: Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I it's don't a, remember it, why, but, but I think it's an interesting
2: yeah. perspective on how we see social media. Like, if it's not on social media, it's it's not true. Like mm, if if it, like if it's your birthday and I don't wish you on social media, does that mean it didn't happen? I can I text not, you because
0: I always forget to do that. <laughs>
2: But the, you know, I mean, that's we're like, this is the source, I'll be all, end all. But yeah, I mean, I also think that
0: in speaking with my, you know, with, with what happened to her, like, we're also very prone to be alarmists. Yeah. I, and I think that's very dangerous too, to be an alarmist and always worry about the shoe dropping because you don't see someone on Facebook or mm-hmm. because didn't that just happen recently? Um, with the Momo challenge where like there was a story about a terrible monster in the middle of a Peppa Pig video and it caused a kid to do damage to themselves and like actually it never even happened, but the media ran with it and freaked everybody out about YouTube.
2: Yeah. Something about YouTube kids, right? They're they're now disabling comments. It was made up.
0: No, that's different. That's about pedophilia and that's a real thing. No, this challenge was like a, a monster that would come on in the middle of cartoons and supposedly tell children to like hurt themselves, but it didn't ever happen ever oh really no one has seen it no one can find it just someone made it up It was crazy y'all got to just be careful out there on these social media streets but then cnn picks it up and all of a sudden it's a natural story and it never
2: happened you know that's that's a different issue i know journalistic journalistic integrity is a different thing and you guys are fighting the good fight you journalists out there i admit it i know it just saying Take some time to confirm and corroborate. Just a second Just before you put it online. It's I not think. about first. It's not <laughs> it's supposed to be about right. Yes, it's supposed to be about right. It's <laughs> right. not, not first. Please. Right? Yeah, when, so. when TMZ gets it right over CNN and Fox, we should talk about this, guys. Yeah. We should. So, we should. So I did have a question for you, mm. and it's more about why you did something. Okay. So you sold your advertising agency. You had Mm -hmm. been working with corporate business, right? Probably doing very well with that. And you decided to focus on the independent podcaster, the independent person, the little guy in a world of David's that there are. Right. Why?
0: Well, I started the agency because I knew that I had the knowledge to help small shows monetize with the assets they already had. Mm -hmm. And... I wanted to prove that to the advertisers, but what ended up happening was I didn't change any advertisers' minds; they still wanted bigger shows, bigger shows, bigger shows. so mm-hmm. I ended up in order to make money, having to sell them bigger shows and like slipping in small ones here and there. They weren't making any money. I was making money the normal sized larger shows and corporations were making money, right, but I was still leaving my my client in the cold, like the people I wanted to help I guy. wasn't helping them mm-hmm. so um. You know, when, when things happen in your life, um, life-changing things, sometimes you just wake up and say like, I, I. there's been three times it's happened to me in my life. The time I got divorced, I just woke up one day and mm-hmm. said, I'm just not this person. And so that was just one of those times I just I just was like, I just can't be this person. I cannot make six figures selling cereal when all these people in my group all these people who have signed on with me right. who trust me with their finances like it's a big responsibility and i wasn't able to give them what i wanted to give them mm-hmm. so that, so i'm trying to still figure out ways that i can do that like i work with podcast success academy and i teach in there mm-hmm. i'm going to i think do a more fleshed out sponsorship course on my own site so that i can really teach people like Here's how you pitch it. Here's how you sell it. Right. Here's how you, yeah, market yourself. Here's how you grow. I don't know if I could do the growth part because that changes all the time. But here's how you can at least sell what you've
2: got. Right. But I I, I got to give you credit. I mean, to not a lot of people will make the sacrifice or the change that you did. Like that's not an easy decision, especially for women to kind of change directions to a path that does not, has more resistance is less financially lucrative and is just not sexy. Well, I did have a um I did have an
0: extenuating circumstance and my daughter passed away in the middle mm-hmm. there. And um when that happened, I first of all, that does kind of give you like a who am I type of thing. But like when my mother passed away, this was like 15 years ago, I was like, I'm not working for a corporation anymore. I want to do what I want to do. If I'm going to die when I'm 55, then you know, I better just do what I want to do. And I quit my job and I went to graphic design school and I started my own business. And that's like how I reinvented myself. But my daughter was a totally different story because I have not been an adult without being a parent. I got pregnant with her at 21. I mm-hmm. had her at 22. I had her brother at 23. I divorced at 25. So like, when she passed away, and I had, and she was mentally ill and a drug addict, so I had spent at least the last three years, if not the last ten to fifteen, like putting out her fires, her personal fires, her external fires, sure. other people's relationships with her. Like I was, I was like a, you were the fixer. I was, I was like a joke. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, the fixer. My, I'm fixer exactly. Yeah. So all of a sudden, she was gone. I wasn't fixing. And I was able to take a look at what I was doing for a second and just feel like this isn't what I set out to do. And since I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't know that I saw that before. I think I was still trying to make it work. And while I was doing that, make everything else in my life work. Like everything was a, how can I shove this square peg into a round hole? And when the biggest peg wasn't there, all the other pegs were so obvious to me. Yeah. They weren't obvious before. So it's actually something I'm still struggling with is like a little bit of an identity crisis. Because if you're not a fixer, what do you do with yourself? Like, what am I supposed to do with my time now? What do I want to do? I have no idea. I know what I liked in 18 and I know, you know, and now yeah. I'm 44, who knows? So it's it's been very interesting. But I, I mean, yeah, it's not, once somebody is successful, I'm also not a person where once I'm successful with something Um, I keep doing it over and over and over again. Like I get really bored with the same stuff over and over. And this was me trying to hammer and make it work and it wasn't working. And I thought, you know what? I can do this a better way and my own way. I will say that since she passed, it's been two years. I don't know that I've had the mental strength to do what I set out to do when I sold my agency. I'm getting there, but it's been very hard. So um, there were a few times there where I was just like, no, I need a partner because I can't do this on my own. And, Really, the truth is, I can do things on my own. It's just that a partner was there to lean on, not Elsie, because I had her before that. But there's been other times I've partnered with people where I just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Will you partner with me? That's crap. I do know what I'm doing. I was just too mentally like yeah broken, sure to do it. So you know it's all stuff I'm working through, but I know it's a very personal answer to a very business question, but I think
2: it's an honest answer, though, right? And you know it's an honest answer. I'm so sorry for your loss. And, Thank you. And, you know, I've lost my cousin at the age of 28. And it was sudden. It was the first in our family to kind of just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it puts you in that kind of a, we want to call it a funk for a little bit. And also
0: like a questioning your life's purpose yeah. and a, who am I supposed to be? Who were they? What did they stand for? Mm-hmm. It's like you want to make sense of their death by either commemorating it in some way, sure. doing something different to honor them yeah. or just to have some reflection as to like, what's going to happen when I die? Who am I going to be when I'm no longer here? Who was I? All of these questions are so strange, but, but also interesting.
2: Yeah, and, it, and it's something we, we have to go through and allow ourselves the time to do it. So the fact that you're still trying to figure it out, I think is normal. I think we're always going to yeah. be trying to figure it out. And these little instances are going to influence us as we try to figure it out. I think the key
0: is not necessarily figuring out what I'm supposed to do, but who I am. And I, for Mm -hmm. a long time, have been worried, like, what am I supposed to be doing with myself? Am I a comedian? Am I a speaker? Am I supposed to do events? Am I supposed to do podcasts? Am I supposed to teach? And like, those aren't the right questions. The right questions are, what things do I stand for? What things do I enjoy doing? What things do I hate doing? What thing, where's the place that I enjoy helping people the most? Where's the, you know, get get to know yourself rather than what you're supposed to be doing, but more who, you're, who you feel you are. So that's a much harder question to answer, which is why it's taken me more than two years to figure it out. And
2: I think sometimes it's <laughs> you know? an ongoing answer. Right? Yeah, that's probably true because we right? change. That is an we ongoing do. answer. But well, some fundamentals
0: are the same. Like I'm never sure. not going to be funny. We all know that.
2: As, as you all have heard here today.
0: Right. Like that's
2: just going to be a given. Some things are just uh-huh. innate in you. But I think I'm glad you right. talked about this because I think we all struggle with that. Right. It, sometimes you come to a point where you're like, why am I in this career? I did that at 27 when I was a computer science computer engineer at NASA. And I was like, I'm bored. Yeah. I hey. was bored. And every, that's and, quite a statement. Yeah, I know. And everybody was like, you know, happy for me. This is what you're supposed to do. You're on the right track. You are golden with life. You've, you've hit the jackpot. What more could you want before the days of shutdowns and whatnot? You know, steady job, federal government, pay. But I was bored. And I was like, yeah. this isn't what I want to do. And I pivoted. And I'm still pivoting. Yeah. it's many years later, you know? I don't remember how old you
0: are, and I hesitate to ask you on your own show. I'm right, I, I say think,
2: it, I'm 38. Yeah,
0: so I was going to say like at the end of the 30s, and the beginning of the 40s, I mm-hmm. feel like that's a major shift. Yeah. I also had a major shift to 25. 30 was kind of like steady, but, but yeah. after 35, I got to be like, hold on, am I middle age now? Like, oh my, that's yeah. something. I got to think about that, you
2: know? But, the, you know, and the great part of what you're doing and what people are doing, what I want people to know is you're not quitting. You're not giving up on figuring out that answer.
0: No, I'm just starting really.
2: I have to figure it out.
0: I mean, just because so like I've read books about grief and like how if someone close to you dies, you can you can go through the motions of your life for a pretty mm-hmm. long time. Um it's called the waiting room, I guess. Christina Rasmussen calls it the waiting room where you're not the person you were when they were alive, mm-hmm. but you're not the person you're gonna be now that they're gone. Ooh. You're just stuck. Wow. And like it was a pretty powerful concept because I don't want to be stuck because that's not really a good way to live your life. Like I'm still alive. I have to figure out who that person is that doesn't have a daughter. I don't know who that is, but like, you know, ready or not, here it comes. There you I'm, are.
2: Yeah. You know, what
0: choice do you have? So I just think, you know, I have, I have two other sons. I have a husband. Like I can't just have the same day every day. Yeah. It's just not a good use of life.
2: No. And, and to your point before, you'd probably get bored.
0: Uh, Yes, I'm bored often. So yes,
2: (laughs) you had another saying that, um, stood out to me and you said it earlier, actually, um, or kind of circled around the concept. And it was that, you know, your legacy, your legacy won't be your body of work. It will be how you make people feel.
0: Mm. This is in relation to my mother and my daughter. So, um, both of them were very similar mm. in that they were moody and self-isolating mm. and then victimized themselves for it. So like my mother was, um, she felt very isolated from her friends. They didn't necessarily agree that she should get divorced. They didn't really agree that she should get remarried. Mm-hmm. She was, the internet was just starting. She met a lot of people online that were friends that like to do beating projects. And she was kind of like in charge of that stuff. But you know, for the most part, it was a very, um, isolating experience. Um, so when she passed away from cancer, like I don't think she realized how many people were going to come to her funeral. I don't think she realized how many people would be affected. I don't think she realized how many people would miss her. She didn't feel that way. right? And it it didn't affect me then, but then my daughter passed away and her isolation was much more extreme because she had borderline personality disorder. So, She often felt like people were against her, even if they weren't. She perceived people hated her, even if they didn't. Or if they didn't, she would cause it to happen so that she wouldn't be the one to get hurt. So when she died, I know she felt very, like she had one or two friends that she felt close to 300 people showed up at that memorial. People that she'd only met once, people that she helped right. for a second, people who knew her in rehab for yeah. five minutes, people who remembered that she sat down with them once in the high school hallway when they were feeling sad. She had a monumental effect on people from just five minutes of, of being in her presence. And that is why, I, that is when I realized, you know what? When you die, you do take something with you. You take with you the memories of how you made other people feel. I'm just gotta chill. And um and and I think that's something I, I certainly never realized before. Yeah. But especially hearing from people that just had one line convo with her. And it I don't want to say it changed their life, but they said things like she was the only one that for a second made me feel like I was important. Made an impact. She didn't do it on purpose, certainly, but that was just who she was and I just feel like I don't know it really made me reflect like I am gathering stuff because I like to go shopping, but I can't take that with me. I'm certainly not going to take money with me, but if I'm not nice to people, if I don't engage or invest in relationships, no matter how shallow or deep, then I I truly, I really don't have anything. I have nothing. Because when I'm gone and 300 people can't say, she made a difference to me, that's all all you get. That's all that lives on of you is people's memory of you, not your stuff, as I say.
2: I love that. And, you know, it's so true. It's such a simple concept. It but, is, I but, know. It's such a simple concept, but we, we have a hard time grasping that and yeah. accepting mean, it. Say
0: you can't take it with you, and like that's certainly true, but, but then I think that gives the message of, like, do whatever the F you want, yeah. which isn't really the right message. The real right message is like, you're not going to take it with you. Yeah. So live your life in a way that helps people remember
2: you fondly, I think. And I think that's a powerful message. Again, simple message, but powerful. And, you know, I think it's just as important that you live the life you want so that you can affect the people that you're having so that, you know, it's as you said, when you go, you've just impacted all those people. 300 people were impacted by your daughter and now we will probably carry that on and impact 300 plus more.
0: I mean, probably more, you know, the first yeah. year that I did the I did a walk for uh, a, a local organization, Attack Addiction, mm-hmm. I raised like seventy five hundred dollars just online. Fantastic. From people who I think were affected by her because of even if they never met her, because I was telling her story. Because right. I told stories of how only my daughter would have all her crap sent back to me from the rehab in Utah and the whole bottom of the suitcase just be covered in glitter. Mm-hmm. Like what how? How did that how does Emily just have glitter? I don't remember buying her any glitter. Right. But but that's it really was. So Emily, like she, she just it was perfect. It was so perfect. She was sparkly and funny and witty and mm-hmm. impossible to miss. Just like glitter. So stuff like that. I think you touches people and then they you know, and then they're affected by her too, or even by what I miss about her, even about how angry I am about this happening or anything. So By talking about her, I sort of try and help her impact spread a little bit.
2: Leave your impact like glitter. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. That's crazy.
2: But yeah. I I, I think that's awesome. And I love that that's what you're doing with your chasing your dreams, uh, with you trying to figure out what you want to do. You're leaving your impact like glitter and just helping others through that. And, you know, you're having fun while doing it. Mm -hmm. If you guys ever meet Jess in person, you'll have fun. You know,
0: I recently had someone tell me you don't like to work; you just like to have a good time. And I was like, you know what? Having a time a good time is hard, freaking work sometimes. <laughs> but where is the lie? It takes some effort. <laughs> I mean, but it, I, I do like to work. But it, if it does not have fun, I don't want to do it. It's not wrong. Wh-
2: why can't you have
0: both? Though so, sometimes, you know- yeah. I mean, I I need to have both. It's not it's not incorrect. I have to have both. It's you true. can have fun and work at the and same time. And I like time. when other people are having it with me. It's not just my own fun. No. I need everyone
2: around to have fun. No, or it's not good. Absolutely. Yeah. Jess, I can't thank you enough for coming on thank the show you. and just being so open and honest and sharing your story. I know it's helped many people listening. Thank you so much. It's been an honor talking to you, getting to know you and
0: being on your show. It's wonderful. Thank you.
2: And guys, there you have it. That was Jessica Kufferman. She is an awesome lady who's gone through so much, is doing so much, and is just all about serving others, honestly, and having fun while doing it. You guys can learn more about Jessica over on the show notes page at amyj21.com slash episode 185. That's episode 185. And guys, remember, if you'd like to donate and support us with our fundathon, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. The link is in the show notes. And until next time, guys, keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at ChasingDreamsHQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.